Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast featuring the Crop Doctors. Good morning from the Row Crop Short Course in Startville. We have our second maroon sponsor. I said second. Now I don't know which order we're going to put these out in, but we have two maroon sponsors. That's right. And and Corteva is one of those. We have Sean Butler here with us this morning from Corteva. And I guess more specifically, Sean, you work for Phytogen. Yes, sir. So I represent the Phytogen Cotton Seed brand, Cotton Development, especially my title. But. Okay, I wasn't sure how y'all designated all that now. Of course, Corteva does, I guess, own Phytogen and own Pioneer, yes, or is that vice versa? Yes, sir. Corteva owns Pioneer okay. and Phygen as seed brands, yes, sir. Okay, well, well, thank you, Sean, for, for spending some time with us this morning, checking out from the meeting, and, of course, really appreciate the sponsorship from Corteva. So uh, I think I've met you. I don't know that I've met you before. I've definitely heard your name. So uh, I guess tell, tell me, if nobody else, who you are and, and how you got to Mississippi. Yeah, sure. So, again, I've been with Corteva going back to 2019, uh, most previously working down the lower southeast. I covered parts of Georgia, Florida, and South Carolina. Uh, got there by way of Tennessee, so I'm originally from Jackson, Tennessee. Uh, all of my degrees were at the University of Tennessee. Uh, spent my undergrad years working for Dr. Larry Steckel. Went on got a degree in plant pathology working with Dr. Heather Kelly and then worked with Dr. Tyson Raper and Mike Bushmull, uh, my PhD in, in cotton agronomy and precision ag. So uh, again, ventured off to the southeast and then kind of wandering back home and it's been very nice to see some uh, very familiar faces again back over this way this year. I met I met Larry Steckle a time or two. Oh yeah, <laughs> I actually roomed. A, I won't mention names, but I roomed with a couple of your students when during my degree. So I've heard your name quite often as well. But okay, yeah, I'll keep the keep the stories for another time. Yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> oh yeah, we know all those folks. <laughs> I think they like me. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Well, I like all a, of them. I'm sorry, Jason. People need to know the running rumor in Stoneville is most people are scared to death of you. I think we can say that out loud. Do you know that? You grin about it at this point. You kind of nonchalantly roll your eyes. Yeah, there's truth to that for some strange reason. But, you know, that, that, yeah, that I, there's there's probably some running stories about me, too. has got to be a, a standard, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta have, you got to have a standard. There's truth. Yeah, that's, it's, it's true. So, Sean, tell us what Corteva's got going on, and I guess specifically in, in your ballpark with cotton. Yeah, sure. So, starting with Phygen Cotton, I think the big thing we're excited about and continue to build excitement over is our native trait platform. Uh, so, providing root knot resistance and bacterial bite resistance in all of our pipelines. So, any variety, you, you, you open that bag and you're going to get resistance to both root knot, bacterial blight, uh, but also having reniform resistance. I uh, say, so especially in the Delta, some parts of the hills. Uh, we had that cotton-on-cotton cotton rotation, some really good cotton dirt. Uh, started to maybe see some weakness or drop-off in yield potential, and that reniform resistance has really untapped another level of yield potential. It's really just bringing out high gen- really strong genetics, good germplasm, but now having traits that protect it through that, that stress and those different environmental changes that we have through the years. So, again, having that native breeding trait platform with uh, the resistance that we're putting in, a lot of value that we're st- stacking into that, that bag of cotton seed. You know, it's a subject near and dear to Tom's heart. Yeah, I mean, and every time somebody talks about it, I, I realize we probably don't devote the time we should to some of those particular topics. You know, I mean, bacterial blights one of the can be one of the most uh, devastating yield reducers. So that's definitely one that I tell folks: make sure you're choosing something that has bacterial blight resistance, and then on with that having any 
nematode resistance is important because in most of our cotton acres if you've been growing continuous cotton for any period of time you more than likely have a nematode issue and depending upon your soil series or soil class on that farm it's either a root knot or a reniform issue Uh, and we don't we don't stick enough probes in the ground these days and do enough soil sampling and that's Mm -hmm. you know there are a lot of reasons for that so there's a big thing i guess Cotton might not be paying the bills for everybody right now. I'm probably going to be corn and soybean in a lot of places. So not only does our trait help you with your cotton, going to protect you from nematodes if that's an issue that's plaguing you, but also those corn and soybean crops hopefully reduce those populations going into the next year that maybe we find a couple extra bushels without that added cost from some other nematicide or something like that. And then thinking sustainability. We've been working these ground for a long time. Just some of these uh, challenges have come about as, as the dynamics have changed. We've ventured through nematicide series, used some, some Timix and things like that back in the day. We might have ventured different directions. But just sustaining these farms, really productive land, and, and just taking that one-yielded limiting factor of a little small uh, non-segmented worm that's swimming around the soil, being able to knock that out of the way, and then doing that for other crops going forward. Really like that, that system, uh, really promoting sustainability of farms going forward. That's a good way to talk about it. I mean, that, again, that's one of those things we don't devote enough time to because that's important moving forward for the future and, and reducing those populations over time is what it takes. It's not going to take a single year, and it's not a one-crop approach. Absolutely. And for something like root knot, I mean, root knot's a great example. It goes to all those crops. It's a corn, cotton, and soybean issue. And you do have a lot of conversations with people these days where they say, well, I have been rotating. I'm like, well, you are rotating, but you're not rotating with the right hosts, and you're not focused on what's present in your soil and taking care of that. And that's Absolutely. super important. I think it's the biggest drive home with this is we now have a cotton that's working in a lot of places at a, at a very high level. So Phytogen 411, I say you guys, Mississippi State on-farm and county trials was number one this year, been performing pretty well over a few years now. And I think just the excitement as we've continued to roll out more of these native traits in this platform and now germplasm genetic gain continues to, to, to roll out. And so even if we don't have those problems in the field, now we can sit these varieties out there and perform just as good, if not better, than some of the other uh, from our competition. So again, very excited with that value we're bringing from Phytogen Cotton. What about corn and soybeans? You you mentioned rotation. So what's new and exciting on offerings from, from Pioneer on those? Kind of switching, and we'll talk about corn first real quickly. So I think right now with Pioneer, some things that we've identified, some challenges, some gaps in the, in the portfolio, especially in the southern half of the U.S. So really a, a stronger focus over the last two or three years to bring that focus back to the south and find varieties or hybrids that fit this this part of the world where we can go from really productive to really highly productive uh, poorly productive soils within a matter of 50 feet sometimes, a little bit different than maybe the Midwest. So really focusing in back in on southern breeding and trying to strengthen that, that pipeline again. A couple hybrids that we're kind of keying in on this year, uh, one is at 109 day, it's 0953. Uh, really more of that early starting, uh, get the combine out early, but try to potentially hit some of those midsummer, July corn premiums. River stage kind of got backed up this year, didn't see as much of that, but taking that early corn, getting planters rolling early, then getting that combine starting uh, with that 0953 and hopefully hitting some, some premiums, getting out a little early. Uh, another one is a 1511. Uh, we had this out last year kind of in, in trials, had a lot of good performance on it. Looks like a lot of good uh, consistency with this product and a lot of different soil types. So it'll be one probably we'll key in and on. But obviously we've got a lot more coming uh, as this pipeline continues to, to re-strengthen itself. And also in some different trait designations, uh, this year you'll hear us talking uh, about power corn list. We've got some 113-day corns that we'll be looking at with power corn list, uh, giving us enlist and roundup tolerance, but also tolerance to FOPs herbicides. So uh, a little bit if we have some grass issues start to pop up, 
have some drift issues in your rice fields, things like that, have a little bit of protection from a herbicide standpoint. Uh, really, I think the big exciting thing from Pioneer right now is, is soybeans, obviously. Uh, this year we had really good performance in, in our trials, third-party trials uh, alike. Uh, a few different products that we've had in a couple of years now, uh, 44A21 is a really exciting product in the Extend platform. I'm kind of go for a try to that high yield soybean, try to break a record. 44A21's been a great option the last couple of years. Uh, 47A64 is another one, kind of been a go everywhere uh, type of soybean, another really strong from a, a yield potential standpoint. And both those are extend flex options. So we've got some resistance things starting to going in. We're starting to stack a little more uh, herbicide tolerance in these lines. So we have a, a LX is our uh, Liberty Extend uh, pipeline that's coming forward. And one soybean 46A90. So a lot of talk kind of the other side of the river kind of as we started getting into to the combine started rolling. But as we continue to grow across the Mid-South, a lot of strong performance out of 46A90. Handles a lot of soil types uh, and very consistent. So might can beat it with something else in a specific area, but a lot of consistency with 46A90 would be a good one to try if you want to try that extend and liberty platform. Uh, I think last thing from Pioneer, by the, another exciting thing, a couple of weeks ago we, uh, we announced another naming uh, series to our Pioneer lineup. So uh, a few years back we had T-series. Uh, breeders saw kind of a stepwide uh, change in, in yield potential, so we came up with A-series, and then a couple of weeks, weeks ago we had a new naming of Z-series. Uh, so you'll see some of those in, in testing this year. Uh, we've got, uh, again, Liberty Extend with also uh, Bolt, so we have some uh, some other tolerances, some Zafania-Rhea uh, tolerances stacked in there. you also see some Root Knot start to come in. We also have uh, Enlist E3, so Enlist, Liberty, and Roundup also stacked with that Bolt. So a lot of different things coming with a lot of yield potential in that Z-series platform from Pioneer. You'd said something before we started about freedom of choice for herbicides. Could you explain that a little bit to our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's one big thing. Again, with Phygen Cotton, we're still committed to the Enlist platform. We still feel uh, kind of the go, the go forward. We've got uh, ESA and full approval on Enlist going into 29. We feel very confident with it. And I think our Corteva as a whole across the U.S. feels comfortable with the Enlist platform. But we understand the dynamic of the South a little bit different than the rest of the U.S. Just the way that things are playing out right now, our company wants to stay uh, supporting the growers and giving them that, that option on herbicides. So if you, you have a lot of neighbors or you want to stay successful with an extend, want to stay on that platform, you've got options there. If you want to try to jump over to Enlist, look at something a little different, we have options there. And also then in that Liberty Extend platform, we're going to fill that gap uh, with, with Liberty Extend. But Corteva wants to continue to stay committed to the South and giving that option on herbicide uh, flexibility and, and that, that the freedom to choose. So, so, again, I, as I walked in, kind of mentioned this is like a dream come true. I listen to you all the time. So, you always ask everybody a question uh, at the start. Uh, so, if I was going to get my question, what oh would it be? Man. <laughs> Unprecedented. Oh, yeah. that's. I did homework last night. Like, what is he going, what's the that's question going to be? That's so, not fair. He, he got, uh, he's calling <laughs> you straight out. I know. Man, what would I ask a phytogen rep? Well, the thing that comes to mind would be – Something related to steckle, just because. That's what I was gonna say. Larry's a pretty fascinating individual, and Larry also has some. You know, he'll he'll throw out some little sayings and stuff. So, so what's the kind of all shucks thing that you think of when you think of steckle? How about that? So I I said, there's one that still stands in the back of my mind because I went on to ask professors, but. Uh, what he was actually trying to say, but he would always talk about kind of residual herbicides playing out, and he would always say it's an acid test from there. That was kind of just 
I don't know, it's something I didn't really understand. I asked a lot of people, and I don't think anybody else really understood exactly what he was saying. I, mean, I kind of gave it a little bit better uh, understand now. But, yeah, that was just one. It's an acid test from Laird. Uh, it was always just kind of a, a big one. But okay. the, the running joke I have with Larry is uh, a lot of us had this, is just if you haven't met him to understand how good or sincere of a, of a person he is, uh, we, we used to notice he always carried $50 bills a lot. That would kind of be his, I guess, the cash of choice he would carry around. But we always joked that, Larry was the type of individual you could walk up to him and say, Larry, give me 50 bucks. And, nah, I don't want to do that. And just, Larry, I really need it. And he's going to be probably pull it out and probably give you two $50 bills. Just not a better individual than Larry Steckle. Uh, if you think that he's as passionate and cares about this industry, it's very real. So, yeah, a lot of good all shucks moments. That's a perfect way to say it. I mean, there's too many of them over the years. But uh, th- those two are the, the big ones. Yeah, I, think, I think you hit the nail on the head. He is probably one of the most passionate advocates for agriculture that we have oh yeah it's whole family because you got their wife saying just just the same they yeah that, that they, they both sleep are, and breathe and they're, they're two of just the most down-to-earth special people i think that oh, we yeah. run into at meetings and okay. you don't hear anybody ever say a bad thing about <laughs> no, i've never heard of anybody say a bad thing about either yeah, of them yeah. and I, I mean they're and he larry always has a smile on his face when oh, you yeah. talk to him oh, i mean yeah. that's that's definitely one of those things i don't think i've ever seen that man frown <laughs> Awesome. All right, so remind me if we ever have Sean back on the podcast that we're gonna we're gonna lower the boom <laughs> on the question. It's not fair. It's not fair to attack. If I if I write a note down, odds are I know well, these will end up in about six months. So, but I'll try to stick that in the back <laughs> of my mind. Yeah. Anything else that you want to mention? I mean, so yeah, I shared this when I walked in again. Just. Thank you to you guys, you two guys. That I haven't been in Mississippi until this year, but I've been listening to you guys for the past few years. I do a lot, put a lot of miles on the road, and so just great passing the time. But just the, the the topics you bring up, kind of keeping it, keep us on our toes, something different all the time. But I know it's a time commitment, and it's got to be a challenge to do all that. So just thank you all to what y'all are doing. Exceptional job with the podcast, probably one of the best in the ag industry. So just again, appreciate what y'all do, and uh, long time listener and now first time caller. So check that <laughs> check that off the box. Well, man, that's awesome. We certainly appreciate that. We appreciate it. It's good to have you back in Mississippi, at okay. least in the region. We oh, really yeah. appreciate that Absolutely. too, and we appreciate Corteva's support and the relationship we have with you all throughout Absolutely. the year. Yes, sir. Thanks, y'all. Thank y'all. The Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast is a production of Mississippi State University Extension.